You remember that company by the name of HTC? Yeah, they're still kicking around. You remember that name? Yeah. Man, that name was synonymous with Android at one time. Yeah. You couldn't talk about Android without HTC. Mm-hmm. A lot of people probably don't remember that. That, of course, is the Taiwanese smartphone maker. They were there at the entry point, early days Android, pushing the agenda. I mean, you're going to have to take me on a on a trip down memory lane here. I don't even remember the models. I had the 1M8, but that's not even the earliest stuff. 1S? Was that before that? I don't remember. But, of course, I had all these. I did videos on these, and... They were a real player. They were a real contender at one point in time, making some some pretty nice hardware. I remember they they made a big deal out of the stereo speakers on that one M8. And I think at one time they even had a relationship with Beats on the audio performance. Anyway, they kind of faded. They, they fizzled a little bit. I think part of their operation was purchased at one point. Possibly by Google, part of the hardware operation. I don't remember completely. All right. You can't. It's a lot of details out there. Hmm. But just as far as a significant player in the space, particularly here in North America, you just have heard about them less and less. But it's kind of weird because a lot of their products were beloved. Beloved, mm-hmm. dare I say, in a medieval tone. But anyway, they're not done. They're, they're still kicking around. They're still there. And oh, the clear, remember the U12 Plus? The device with the transparent back? No, oh, you right. don't. Yeah. You don't, you do. You kind of do. They they put a real transparent back on a phone. Weirdly enough, it's still on their website there. I don't know. That's an old phone. You see well, how they're sad. not making any. You see how sad phone. it's got? There's a, there's a dual camera setup, Will. You crazy. Anyway. So they're they're uh, they've they've got two new phones and they're not packing it in just yet. Now the two new devices, the Desire 20 Pro. They always had a thing with the with the Desire and you know the sensual names. I don't know, or names like that. Desire 20 Pro and U20 5G, so they will have a 5G phone and I don't know, they look okay. It's hard in 2020. You don't even know what you're doing in 2020. You started looking at smartphones. You don't even know. Bunch of cameras. Hole punch. A lot of screen. 2020. Smartphone. But it looks okay to me. It has a cool kind of texture on the back, which is a bit unusual. Fingerprint scanner on the back, which, of course, we're not seeing that all the time anymore. That's becoming increasingly rare. The camera cutout over on the in the top corner there it looks like a four-camera setup. Hole punch in the display and a really big display. So listen to this. HTC U25 G 6.8 inch FHD plus LCD. 6.8. That's no joke, Will. So that's a pretty big screen. Now these aren't going to be top of the line devices. You are looking at mid-range devices. Snapdragon 700 series, 765G for the U25 G. 8 gigs of RAM, 256 storage. I like the fact it's got a 5,000 milliamp hour battery. It's not the fastest charger in the world, but it does have an 18-watt fast charge through quick charge 4. People are not, at least in this article here, XDA developers, they're not super convinced that it's going to be a top-tier performer on the camera front. They're not super convinced. And in the beginning, the both of these devices are only going to be available in Taiwan mm. before they branch out to the rest of the world, though apparently 
The 5G model is slated to eventually reach into other markets, including where? Uh, or so, I, I apologize. Actually, it's the Desire 20 Pro, the non-5G version, which is apparently likely to make its way to Europe, Africa, and the Middle East at least. So I've actually, I don't know if you recall, I looked at a couple of devices targeted at Africa, and they kind of had a similar layout to this rear fingerprint setup. Uh, they didn't have 700 series Snapdragon. This is going to be more expensive than that, though prices haven't been shared. But it's just, it, it, you know, they're they're. Uh, where do you sell? Where do they sm sell smartphones? Hmm. Where where does HTC put their attention if they want to have a resurgence? It's already so well established at the flagship level. Maybe that's what you do. Maybe you take an old brand name, an old trusted brand name, and you go after some new markets with a mid range. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's what you do. Mm -hmm. So we'll see what happens, but I'm glad they're still in it to a certain extent. Maybe it's a nostalgia factor playing a part, but they just have a strong, they, they own a strong piece of the Android origin story. So it's mm -hmm. cool to see them kicking around and their hardware has always been nice in my experience. Granted the, the, the spec list and particularly the cameras kind of started to lag at a certain point mm -hmm. and the price stayed at that premium level. So now you go down to the mid-range, focus on the mid-range a little bit more. I should note that the Desire 20 Pro is actually a 600 series uh, Snapdragon 665. So the 5G model gets the 700 series. The non-5G model probably slated for a wider release and a lower price point is actually in the 600 series. Mm -hmm. Just keep that in mind, Will, if you're in the market here. I don't know what you're in the market for. You've been using a Galaxy S20. Why do you want a mid-range phone? You yeah. don't. You don't and you won't. Probably not. But who knows? Yeah, we'll see. Speaking of upgrades, what do, you, what do I mean speaking? What does that mean? I wasn't I wasn't talking about upgrades. I was just saying saying you're not gonna get an HTC phone. It's a terrible segue. We're off to a great start here. Back in the studio. What are we doing? We don't know. We're sitting across from each other. We did that much. Hmm. We have cameras, we did that much. Hmm. Microphones, we did that much. Segways, we're working on. I saw this post. I saw Dave2D posted about this. Uh, he's a big laptop guy. You know Dave. He loves the laptop. Likes to take them apart. Yeah, he loves the laptop. Yeah. As far as I can tell. Head over to his channel. So I saw him tweet out about this uh, kind of quiet update to the 16-inch MacBook Pro. It got a hot new GPU, hot new GPU. I said it twice. That's how hot it is. Like hot as no, it's not hot like that. Or... Hot like it can do stuff. Okay. Particularly in the creative fields right. of uh, the video editing and the whatnot. So you might be interested. Mm -hmm. It's apparently this new GPU seventy five percent faster. That's a big jump. Oh yeah. Seventy five. You'll take that. Uh, coming via Ars Technica. This morning, Apple quietly added a third discrete GPU configuration option for the 16-inch MacBook Pro. Of course, the 16-inch MacBook Pro, it's their... Uh, they want to sell it to you. They don't want you buying these Mac Pros. What are you doing? Mm -hmm. They they think the whole world... That's why they, never, they hardly ever update the Mac Pro. They think the whole world can get all their work done on the Mac Pro. Of course, I'm speculating, but... I'm betting with this new GPU, probably the laptop is going to outperform many configurations on the big giant desktop. 
-hmm. because it's got this this fast video memory hbm2 video memory which in you know in final cut it's it's all the optimizations stabilization effects and the export hbm2 baby when hardware meets software (laughs) a love story it's like it's uh it's it's a a (laughs) rom-com it's funny that's right when hardware meets software well, let's be honest, those rom-coms aren't really funny. If you're laughing at that, uh, feel bad for you. Hmm. Mostly about the romance, Will. Hmm. That's why you're there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hot and heavy. I mean, I'll never forget the, rom- the rom-com you participate uh, in across the street. Can I'll ne- not talk about that? I'll never forget it. Right. It's, it's burned into my mind. Well, when nothing they, happened. Because Otis, Otis might not be here right now if it wasn't for that rom-com. So let's uh, get into this. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you know, okay. 75% faster than the stock Radeon pro 5,500 M, which has four gigabytes of GDDR six. It's a, it's an expensive upgrade. If you go for this thing, what are you looking at? It's uh, if you want to get this GPU, the bare minimum MacBook pro configuration is going to be $3,200. Bare minimum, if you just upgrade the GPU and keep everything else at the stock level for that configuration. So it's not going to be a cheap laptop. Three grand plus, you better make use of it. I'll mm-hmm. tell you what. You better be exporting clips and doing the chopping and uh, mm-hmm. and the rest of it. But they put a graph down here just how much faster it is. And you know, there's one thing this article has that I love. You can probably guess what it is, Will. It is, uh, it's the word teraflops. I love the word teraflops in reference to performance. Yes. And they just sound high performance mm-hmm. when you start measuring things in teraflops. No, it's quite powerful sounding. I don't know what I'm calculating, but if the I'm flop. doing it in teraflops, I'm succeeding. Yeah. If it's so fast flops. that we're measuring in teraflops, it's computational. We're cracking the code. Or we're sequencing the genome. Uh, we're hacking the Pentagon. Of course, not actually. Mm. But we're doing it in teraflops. Mm. And a guy like you with your background, we don't need to get into it. Yeah. Mr. Teraflop, sometimes. I like, to, I like to call you sometimes. Mm. Anyway, so there's a faster 16-inch uh, MacBook Pro. If you just bought one and you maxed it out, well, you're mad. And if you're in the market for one, you're going to want to look at this GPU if you can take advantage of it. So go check that out. Walmart looks to remove all cashiers from stores. Yeesh. That's now, I personally think Fox 5 New York has taken a little liberty on this headline because I watched a clip and, and they're saying, yeah, we're there. Walmart's experimenting with it. But of course, I can see it. Talked about this before. Post-COVID reality post-apocalyptic outlook, humans at home, time on their hands, mm-hmm. human interaction at an all-time low. 2020, baby. Get used to it. Very sly automation. This is Just... the perfect entry point for maximum Terminator automation. Mm-hmm. Skynet. I got another story that ties into that. Oh, great. Uh, Walmart, bit of, a, bit of a store. Couple of stores. A giant? You might call it that. Across the United States, how many Walmarts do you think there are? 
Never mind the United States. How many Walmarts total, Will? Give it to me. I know you have this data ready to go. You don't uh, even have to Google it. I would say 50,000. That's way too many. <laughs> Is that too many? Yeah, it's way too many. <laughs> but go ahead. Let's get the number. Let's, get a, let's do a Walmart count. A big player in the absence of Amazon. Obviously, we're talking about the biggest retailer. I don't know where they stand. They kind of go back and forth, and they kind of, they, they sort of have different markets. But eleven thousand five hundred under fifty six banners, so they're probably including what Sam's Club and something else. But anyway, let's say ten thousand WalMarts. Walmart is poised to really could really change the game. There's a couple of players that could really change the game in one swoop. One foul swoop. Amazon's a player. Walmart's a player. They have enough of a footprint that if they made a change across all stores, well, Amazon doesn't have stores, but you see what I'm saying here. They have like a whole foundation process. Exactly. Exactly. And if they find a system that works in one market, they're going to want to roll it out to the next market. And and they, they're the, they, they have this scale where the impact would be felt. 11,500 stores, how many employees? Give us a little checkup on that. How many Walmart employees in the world? I don't know if you ever typed before. Well, <laughs> What's a keyboard? Look at the number of Walmart associates. Even Vin couldn't guess that. 2.2 million associates at Walmart. And of course, a, a percentage of them, probably a fairly large percentage, work as cashiers. Mm-hmm. So you start with headlines like this and... You got 35 million people in the country we live in. You and I. Mm -hmm. You got 2.2 million Walmart associates in the world. Sheesh. It's a whole city out here. That's an empire. That's a whole city worth of people, and they're not going to be happy if all of a sudden these robots are checking you out. I mean, I don't mean robots. I'm talking automated checkouts. We've all done them. Now, Walmart, at this point, they say this is strictly an experiment there it's in arkansas and it's a little test run that's no big deal little test run Mm. deal we're here for our customers the lady at the end of the report here on fox 5 is kind of funny play this and at the very end so at first she's kind of being nice she's kind of like yeah walmart testing it out of course this thing's not loading for me she's like walmart kind of testing it out so Walmart only you know. So so she kind of nice. They're testing it out of technology. Then you get to the end. I go to the very end, Will, and just get the sound bite. Right here. And the clip and the clip ends. And I'm sure it has nothing to do with cutting back on their employees. Imagine uh, working at Walmart and watching this clip. Be like, I'm going to have a lot more questions than that, you know? Yeah. Well, of course. Talk to my supervisor. Well, for the record, of course it has to do with eliminating employees as well. If they can find efficiencies, yeah, yeah, of course it does. But it's just funny how she kind of snuck it in there just a little bit at the end. Yeah. Uh, disclaimer. Yeah, just so they just snuck it in there. But this, to me, seems inevitable. I mean, how many of these COVID-type experiences are humans willing to go through to 
before we start to demand this type of technology to limit the exposure that we have to others. Right? People, people have been through a really treacherous time. Now, look, I'm not saying that a cashier doesn't offer something up. I'll go through a cashier. I'll chat. I'll say, how's it going? You know? Mm-hmm. How about the weather outside? I don't mind. I, I like humans. But at the same time, there's limits, there's thresholds before people start looking for other solutions. And Walmart in particular, I mean, you saw Jeff Bezos. Bezos had 150,000 new employees. Bezos on a rocket ship. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got his rocket ship company, but I Quite didn't mean literally. it like that. Yeah. I mean, he's on a rocket ship from a wealth perspective, mm-hmm. even after the divorce. Mm-hmm. And you know they're sitting there in Arkansas in the Walmart offices saying, we need people in our stores. If they're buying online, most of the time they're going to Amazon. Amazon figured that out. We got all these stores. It's our advantage. And they can't come in because we got too many humans uh, spitting COVID. I'm not saying they all were, but you see where I'm going here. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm exaggerating. Yeah. As I I normally would. Yeah. And they can't serve their customers. And there's a lot of customers, I'll tell you as well, on the other side, from a completely sincere standpoint, a lot of customers couldn't figure out how to get to the online thing or get certain things they need online, particularly elderly customers and things like this. They, they, they Man, I remember reading some stories when the thing first broke. Uh, an elderly couple sitting in their car outside a supermarket holding up a $100 bill to the window asking mm-hmm. somebody to go into the store because they were worried for their lives. Obviously, mm-hmm. that's the group that's be, been mm-hmm. been affected the most from this outbreak thing. And so for them, if a completely automated store existed that limited the number of people come through and limited the proximity of interaction, that's meaningful. So there is a purpose for it. But yeah, obviously, Walmart, a giant corporation, there's more to the story. And Certainly, the, this this these last few months, we all have to assume that the outcome is going to be a a, a greater uh, expedited march towards uh, what automation. Do you, well, I guess automation, robotics, uh, lack of human contact, <laughs> whatever you want to call it, convenience maybe to some, mm-hmm. convenience maybe to some. Time will tell. We shall see. But if Walmart does it, you can you can you can bet your bottom dollar if Walmart does it, a lot of other companies are going to look towards it as well. Mm-hmm. Google has opened up Google Maps to game developers completely across the board. Now, you know, I read this headline. I'm thinking to myself, why is that? Is that a big deal? What could this possibly mean? Uh, of course, there was the really big uh, real-world video game hit, Pokemon Go. Yes. I, I know maybe you didn't hear Nantic. about it. But that company actually used to be under Google's umbrella. Right. They're part of Google, and so they had access. They were one of the few companies that had access to Google Maps to build their game on. Mm. You don't have Pokemon Go without Maps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Map is the key it becomes the game world. It becomes the net. Mm-hmm. Well, it becomes the map of the game. Mm-hmm. And so I read this article here, and, and you come to realize only about 10 developers had access, or sorry, 10 games had been built 
on Google Maps up until this point. But now Google goes and, and makes Maps an, a platform that anyone can build on opening things up. And you can imagine the indie games that can emerge with a real-world element to them. Mm -hmm. You start to get your imagination going. Yeah. And you say to yourself, oh, the type of treasure hunts and the type of spy and the type of clue-type games. Traveling around the world. Uncovering, yeah. People like to travel already now. Imagine it's part of a... I remember when I was in Iceland with LG for whatever that promo thing was. And I met up with Ali A at the time. And, and at the time, Pokemon Go was Banana Town. Mm -hmm. And he's just he's just gobbling up Pokemon in Iceland. And it's a whole new map. So mm. they could be placed who, who knows where. Rare Pokemon. Rare Pokemon. And and so I never really got into that game. I played it a little bit just to try it out. And it's just, it's a really, there's some kind of cool moment when you happen upon a real world location that has a video game element or some sort of video game prize, it it obviously worked really well for Pokemon Go. Now, I'm, I wasn't the biggest Pokemon guy, I'll admit it. So I don't think it really hit me the same way it hit Pokemon fans. Were you a big Pokemon? No. No. Maybe for like a day. But I mean, like I mean as day. a kid. Uh, Yeah, I had the trading cards. Um. The game, red, blue, old school. But I wasn't like hardcore, just uh, played it casually. Okay. Yeah, yeah well, for some, I think the, 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 the nostalgia or the, the connection, the brand awareness, the brand, the, the, the power of the Pokemon brand had something to do with the success of the Go game. Oh, for sure. But then the other piece, maybe that was 50%, and then the other piece was just the novelty of, whoa, I'm driving around or walking around in real life. Because there was the massive, remember the massive groups were meeting up? Yeah, just blocking traffic. And the, the massive groups were looking around for Pikachu. and Just mindlessly on their phone, they look like zombies, but... Well, were, I mean, there's not, we're all we're zombies anyways. Whether oh, yeah, it's, for sure. It's either, if it's not Pokemon Go, it's TikTok. What are we doing? But it's just, it was a strange time. I remember people just gathered around at the park, just standing. There. It was huge, man. It, it 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 has such novelty factor. It has the oper It has the potential to just explode. And I'm I'm starting to think right now. Do you remember when that podcast serial came out? Mm -hmm. And it was it was the uncovering of the clues and true crime podcast blew up. Yes. I'm I'm immediately picturing a mature and adult map based game. Mm. With real life spooky locations you go to to uncover certain clues could be sounds dangerous. I don't know. Yeah. I guess they're all dangerous if you're out marching around the real world. But anyways, they're open up opening up the maps platform. And time will tell what that results in for the average person and the types of games that will be available in, I guess, AR format, really. That's what it boils down to. It's a type of augmented reality. You have actual reality, and you hold your phone in front of your face, and now you have augmented reality. Mm -hmm. And everybody's trying to take a crack at augmented reality. There's all the rumors about Apple looking to do it. Mm -hmm. And maybe this is the true path in there. Maybe it's not placing furniture around your house. Maybe it's that the, 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 the really hot game that pushes this tech or a series of hot games. I don't know. Mm -hmm. what about I'm excited real, for it. What about real estate? Real estate. I'm thinking 
you could, through augmented reality, if a place was listed for sale and you held your phone in front of the place with the for sale sign, you could see inside. It would unlock like a nav. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about augmented reality. There's so many. Yeah, it's, yeah. En it's endless. This is posted on Medium, how Elon Musk's Starlink could disrupt the telecommunications industry. So Elon Musk, he's, it's, it's stars, it's space, it's, it's SpaceX. Uh, it's not Mars yet, but things are happening. They just launched those guys up to the space station. And obviously Starlink is another piece. It, everything is not known about exactly what Starlink will be. What a name, though. Mm -hmm. Starlink. It's very... Uh, it reminds me of like a 90s... Sci-fi movie. Yeah. Cyber like thriller. That. Yeah. Like well, e what did they call it in Terminator, which I referenced earlier? They called it Skynet. Skynet, yeah. Starlink, Skynet. I mean, the same thing. Obviously, I'm not saying that they're going to be the same thing, but has that same type of vibe to it. So this, this author, Derek David, has written about how possibly how uh, SpaceX, SpaceX's partnership, their potential partnership with a company called VizLink, who's based in Florida, could result in a telecommunications option that's strictly satellite-based and could disrupt the telco uh, industry, companies like Verizon, AT&T, and so forth, by delivering his reference here, 233 megabytes per second anywhere, including, again, his examples, the Philippines, on a beach in the Philippines, or under a palapa in Uganda. And the reason he used those examples is because uh, those those markets typically un have have unreliable connections, or you're more likely to experience unreliable connections there based on the, the standard ground-based infrastructure that exists. Once you get up into space, well, once you got satellites floating about, well, now you're not so worried about where you happen to be on the globe. You can position that thing, link up to it, bingo. And the argument here is that increasingly our connectivity is uh, becoming a utility, uh, an indispensable utility, that being connected could at some point be a necessary thing for a human trying to exist in the world, hmm. that that could be a possibility and, and that some people in certain nations are at a pretty severe disadvantage when it comes to connectivity for the time being. And, and this could expedite the process of people getting cheaper, faster internet. Of course, you know, the telco is probably not too happy about it. And it makes you wonder why they didn't approach it sooner. Mm -hmm. And there's probably a tremendous amount of complexity involved in, in actually executing this, this thing. But this guy thinks he's going to do it. Elon, Elon Musk has no shortage of fans, so I'm sure there's a lot of people that think that he can do it. But uh, this kind of is this 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 kind of encompasses many of his personal interests, including space and technology. And so it's just kind of a side project for now. The guy's got so many so many stinking projects. Mm -hmm. I mean, guys like you and I, we're trying to figure out what we're gonna make for dinner, and. Yeah. Starlink is just a side dish over here. He's a 
busy beaver. Cybertruck, SpaceX, uh, Neural, Neuralink. Remember Neuralink? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm probably missing. He just had a baby. But, you know, listen. If you if you map your life accordingly, you got smart people around you. You hire, I you know how many smart people are working on SpaceX. Like it, it always mm -hmm. comes back to people saying Elon Musk, and I'm sure even if you asked him, he would say, "Oh, this guy and this guy and that guy's doing this amazing thing," and that's one of the things you you continue to approach interesting things. You attract talented people who want to do the same thing. Yeah. So. This is just one of those projects, but that is a cool concept. Connectivity, absolutely anywhere and everywhere. Unless you're one of these people, connectivity is too much and stressing you out. You need to disconnect. Mm. Now you can't get away. Beaming at you. TikTok is just yeah. hammering your eyeballs. Uh, you're in the forest. You're trying to catch a break and yeah. broadcasting. It's right back at beamed you. straight onto the bark of the tree. Yeah. Can't escape it. That's some Black Mirror type moment, but there's no shortage of black mirror type moments on this podcast no kind of place we go sometimes mm -hmm. healthy every so often oh yeah all right now we've been covering the trending page on youtube as you would and as you should we are a youtube show it's a place where this goes in 4k i'd like to remind you plus the clips are going to be up very soon for the show we're going to get better at it we're still working on the delivery of this show in the most the audio went out right away mm. And you can thank Willie Do for that. The audio version went out right away. Anyway, so we're looking at the trending page on YouTube to see what the world is talking about and doing. And today on trending, number one, Star Wars Squadron's official reveal trailer. This one, Vin, you're going to like this one. All right? I know you're, you're, Vin is constantly uh, skeptical of the trailers, of the video game trailers, and particularly the graphics and the cutscenes versus the game engine. He's always, it keeps him up at night. Really? Yeah. But when you play this trailer, very early into it, they say graphics from the game engine. Yes. For guys in like Vin, footage. they put it right yeah. in text. Yeah. I'm still skeptical. He's still skeptical. But essentially what we're looking at here is another Star Wars game focused on the uh, air warfare warfare in the air in space in some sort of a a vessel a flying craft and it's 5v5 multi 5v5 multiplayer uh, the empire and uh, go on and the rebels <laughs> how dare you empire versus the rebels that was a close one uh, no man i had it the whole way it's just you were smiling at me it was making me think what am i talking about over here yeah. so 5v5 multiplayer i think it's going to make a lot of people happy you get a tie fighter you get yourself an x-wing it's a galactic civil war as it would normally be and this baby is going to be available october 2nd on ps4 xbox one origin steam epic games vr on ps4 and pc and we were talking earlier about how cool a high quality Star Wars VR experience could be in the cockpit because mm -hmm. VR doesn't map to all games really, especially ones where you're moving around a lot. It doesn't seem right mm -hmm. for you to be sitting still, but in a cockpit, you're sitting there. So now you're looking around the cockpit and you're in the TIE fighter. Mm. Could be very exciting. So you can play a touch of this here and we'll get a sense for the game engine. Game engine footage. Here he is. Vin's looking. He's looking. We're going to get a sense for his expression here. 
game engine footage. Wait, Vin, wait, watch the graphics. Look at that. The Wait till you see the human face. You're happy right now. Reflections, CG, look to it. Asteroids, bad guys, good guys, lasers. He's impressed. He has not looked away yet. And let me tell you something. If, uh, you satisfy him. 5v5, we put a squadron together. Always wanted to be in a squadron. Now, Willie Do was, uh, he had some concern for me earlier. He says that the Empire looks too too cool. They're supposed to be really bad, and they're not bad enough. And he thinks this, it's weird that they're pitching the Empire on you. I don't know. Yeah. Do you want to elaborate on that at all? No, I feel like these games um, are just very, like, Empire used to be bad back in our day. <laughs> back in our day. It used to be bad. Right. Well, we're seventy-four there years used old. To be well, evil, we're seventy-four years just old. So, trying to like balance it into like, oh balance. yeah, you could be evil or good. Bring balance like, to the what? force. Well, I'm not doing that. I go for the good <laughs> all the time, and then I'm cool with it. For the record, I'm cool with it because you got to do the five v five squadron anyway. So, I guess for a game, make you them have both to cool. have it balanced. Yeah, make way, them both you know, cool, but... and they have to exactly. You're right. They have to be balanced. Or from a standpoint to create just, a fair game. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I hear you. They don't look that bad. They look kind of cool, to be honest. Anyway, the cockpit is your home. Use the dashboard. Do it in VR. Have yourself a time. The mission is clear. Star Wars is here. EA, Disney, business. Well, you're a big business guy. Count. They just count money at Star Wars. You put Star Wars, you just count money. That's mm -hmm. how it goes. It's fine, though, because I'm sitting here thinking, if you're going to put in this effort, you're going to try to create this experience. Yeah, you could have just done a jet fighter thing or a space fighter thing, but you attach the name and you get some people in the door. If you have a good game, perfect. Now, I'm not saying it's a good game. I don't know. Obviously, it's just a trailer. But I grew up playing games kind of like this. Couple, couple space. Uh, space Commander was one of the first games we ever bought. Is that right, Vin? Space Commander. Wise Guys Computers. Uh, Space Commander? Wing Commander. Wing Commander. I apologize. Wise Guys Computers. Uh, Mulock. Young and Mulock. <laughs> Good for you. Good job. Yeah, you, you didn't it. think I had that. You used, no, no. used to line up for software, sir. Wing Commander. And they put real actors of the time on the cover. Look at, or did they make a movie out of it? Holy moly, they made a movie out of Freddy it as well. Sheesh. Anyway, the movie, I don't know what happened in the movie, but we had the game, installed it on DOS, and so I've been in a cockpit before, I'll tell you. I know you're skeptical yourself of my skills inside of a cockpit, but I've been there before when I was, how old would I have been? That came out in 99. Do you have a joystick? I had a joystick as oh. well. Can you look at the release date on Wing Commander? Just so I can, 1990. Okay, so, oh. Uh, what? 99? What is that? A, uh, 90s? No, First 90 release. doesn't seem right. Because I would have... I can't have been five years old. It must have been... Oh, it was Wing Commander 3. Two or three? I think it was three. Was the game... Nope. Definitely not that cover. Two. Hmm. Maybe three. 
Four. Four. Wing Commander, four. Give me four. Yes. Give me a year on that. 97. 96. Imagine, Will. 11-year-old me. DOS game. Wing Commander 4. Maybe it was Windows. I don't remember. Uh, but imagine 11-year-old me lined up for a piece of software, Wise Guys Computers. Or maybe it was Future Shop when they were still around. Mm -hmm. Future Shop. What a time to be alive. That was the peak. And now these kids, these days, they got squadrons. And they got, yeah. and they got official review uh, where, where they say uh, in-game footage. Where they, people get mad if it's in-game. Look at my foot! Look at my in-game footage! Yeah. What I was working with. Yeah. They're lucky nowadays. Yeah. The kids. Yeah. With Maybe the, not, though. Uh, Maybe not, though. Because this stuff is so good, it's addictive, you can't put it down. I oh, could yeah. put that down, no problem. <laughs> I put that down and, and, and go play catch, no problem. Go shoot some hoops, no problem. Yeah, I remember it, these games were hard. Hard. Yeah, Whoa. hard time. Anyway, I mean, what are we doing? What are we doing? Just looking back. Yeah, what are we doing? Men. Traveling down memory lane, a oh. couple of old men. But it just, this game reminded me of that game. This game, obviously going to be a lot better than that game. I might give it a shot. I might even throw on a VR to give it a shot. And it may even impress guys like Vin. He might be able to get some sleep tonight after seeing the in-game footage uh, disclaimer thing in there. He doesn't have to hop on Reddit and complain about it. I knew I had a string here. <laughs> I knew I had a string there the whole time. You know you could have told me that. I felt <laughs> no, it. No. I, was like, I was like, is something there? No, no. Uh, anyway. Wonderful. That's two days. That's two for two. Two days in a row. Lou later hitting the airwaves. He can thank Willie Do. He sits down. He asks if I'm ready to go. He prepares the whole thing. The cameras, the overheating. It doesn't matter. We're here. We're in the universe for now.